0: Welcome to Blake Street slash road to Blake Street slash Blake Street banter is here and it is opening day. We just finished last night. I mean, just finished is kind of hyperbole. We are here the next morning. <laughs> game one is done. Tyler, are we going 162 and 0? Um, I'm
1: thinking actually 163 and 0. they're going to they're going to create a, another game. They're just <laughs> they're better than 162 wins.
0: I I can do that. I will jump on board. I mean, if we get Crone Dongs, Montero Dongs, we get Herman going what, six plus solid innings. Yeah. Like the Rockies are here, baby.
1: I mean, yeah, I don't I don't want to get too excited, but at the same time, I'm definitely on the optimistic side. And I mean, there's a there's a lot of things that can go well and that last night i mean it's just one one little spoonful but it was all all good you know there are a couple things that weren't great but really saw one of the better rockies games that i've seen in a couple of years at least a year so (laughs) that was that was pretty pretty fantastic great way to start the year and we'll we'll get into that a little bit more
0: yeah so let's get some of the housekeeping stuff out of the way we had but giveaway season has been upon us. We have a winner for the taco shirt. That was a great idea, Tyler. Um, who was the first arm barn arm out of the barn last night. Um and there's only one person out of about 20, 30, 40, um picks predictions that got it right. So, uh, take a hitch, take a hike. He's a cool name, <laughs> but it's spelled like a different yeah. way. Um, so I'm assuming that's how we say it. So I don't know if you're a listener, but if you are, check your DMs. We'll get that sent over to you. So we have a tacos out. The sticker giveaway is back. Um, simply tell us who your favorite minor leaguer is. I'll put that in the description, that tweet, so you can go find that there. And then um, the Adam McKillikin card. And I want you guys to go listen to that banter session and retweet that so the bots don't get it. There's like all the retweets. Some of the retweets have been just bots, and they're not going to win. So... <laughs> go get yourself an Adam McKillican card who I don't know if you got a chance to listen to Tyler but his story is absolutely insane. I can't get over it. Like any sense of adversity he has gone through in only one year professional ball he's gone through it and it's absolutely insane like he's got the mental and his mindset is where it is. But again, that's the Adam McKillican, that's the pin tweet on our Twitter, so go retweet that, put yourself in the drawing again if you want to just like show us that you listen to it and uh that's why we do it tell those stories so adams is a very good one so if you haven't gone listened go do it and just keep an eye out for more giveaways um we're gonna try to keep doing more of these kind of things um and going from there then the last little piece it is the season road to blake street is going to be a monday drop here on out but with sunday recording i guess it's been a monday drop hasn't it so a Sunday night recording probably where we talk all minor league Rockies. That is where our bread and butter is. You can't really find that in any of the other pods. So that's where we stand out. So that is coming back um, pretty much next week. Next Sunday, we will record and drop it next Monday. So road to Blake street is officially here. Then maybe we'll do some weekday recordings of Blake street banter, where we talk about the big club a little bit, maybe get some of our other experts on and talk a little bit more about that. So that's just kind of the rundown. I don't think I missed anything, did I, Tyler? I usually do, but I don't really get it.
1: I mean, I don't think so. I think I think the first road to road to Blake Street episode it'll drop. I, yeah, next it'll be it'll be not this coming Monday, but the one after that. Yeah. Um, that is going to be a pretty loaded episode because at that point we'll actually have the rosters. We'll be able to spend some time with each team, you know, saying who stands out kind of projecting some of the the you know position groups and things like that and we'll have some some games to talk about the isotopes play today yep. they get to actually kick off uh, just the day after the big league club on on March 31st so things are getting rolling a lot faster than i mean i, I was always used to, i always had a, a you know this idea that minor league baseball sort of like a week after major league baseball but we're right into it already so you know, yeah. I'm stoked to get back into to the road to, to Blake Street style of pod, just every week getting that that whole rundown every minor league level. Um, you know, it's it makes uh, for us, it makes the the experience a lot more fun. We're following everything and not much is getting past us. And you know, for everyone else who's listening, uh you you guys know as well as as most people how how things are going down on the farm. So uh, super looking forward to that. Uh, But also, you know, uh, we've kind of been just saying it already, like super, super hyped for Major League Baseball this year. Yes. Just super excited for for this season. It's a normal year. And frankly, the Rockies are looking okay. I mean, they're not they're not going to be good (laughs) or great, but they look okay. And last year they looked plain bad like they were just bad last year.
0: I, I think that they are
1: okay this year.
0: And I think we can all hope for that okay is right where we probably expect that to do, but yeah, the, the minor leagues are starting. And I'm pretty stoked about that. Yeah. Just going to reiterate that it's going to be fun. And you all that are listening now, you all have, if you have MLB TV, you all have the ability to watch the rocks minor league affiliates. Now that is part of your package. So you can actually see the goats, the topes, the Grizz doing their thing spokane every once in a while when they head up north to vancouver so you can f- f- watch while listening to us and that might be a whole nother experience for you all so let's just let's just get into it um so last night we have to talk about game one baseball season's here uh, you've been busy i've been busy and we both kind of were able to veg out in major league baseball yesterday there's a f- few fantastic games the tigers suck so that's great, but <laughs> I'm just surrounded by bad baseball, but there are some good games and the Rockies were one of them. they just dominated, um, got Snell out of there in the first five innings, which is, oh, I mean, not very hard to do when you think of Snell, <laughs> <laughs> but it was, it was fun to see um, who was the biggest, what was kind of your biggest takeaway from last night as you were watching, like which player kind of stood out the most or uh, you stoked about?
1: I mean, there's, there's definitely a couple of things that really stood out, but, in terms of a specific player, I, I mean, C.J. Crown had a right. had one of the, you know, more notable games. I, I mean, he was the only multi-homer guy yesterday on opening day. So that, in, an, in and of itself, is pretty significant. But Herman Marquez looked very sharp. I liked how he was mixing his location. I think he, in the past, especially last year, gets in a habit of throwing his fastball only low in the zone, like his sinker mm-hmm. kind of fastball low in the zone. And that's going to help, you know, get ground balls and stuff. But he's a guy who can – he he had a couple pitches last night in the high 90s. I know he touched 99 on oh, the 99. black up in the zone. Uh, I forget who he was pitching to. But 99 right at the letters, like that's an unhittable pitch. And he needs to mix in just different locations more. I think he was a little too predictable last season. I think they kind of altered, the you know, the shape and, and his arsenal a little too much last year. So – if we can get more of the four seam back up in the zone which we saw a few times uh, mm-hmm. and also just seemed like the velocity and the command were kind of locked in last year it was any any given day maybe he's going to be sitting like 94 to 96 um has okay command and then some days he'll sit 96 to 98 with bad command and last night we saw both and he was really solid uh he didn't walk anyone in six innings i i don't know how many hits he gave up but it wasn't many only two uh, you
0: know Two hits. Wow. I think that's what I saw. Yeah. Two oh no, five hits, two runs. My bad. Five hits, two runs. Okay. But sense. I mean
1: hey, that's that's a sub one whip. Uh he limited damage. Felt like a couple of the, you know, the hits also were not they weren't like big hits. They were kind of I don't wanna I, I hate always saying cheap hits. There's some hits that are cheap though, but uh, you know, it wasn't like he was getting hit hard. Like a lot of balls that dropped were just kind of like floaters. So he looked fantastic and I think he's maybe the biggest X factor for the Rockies this year to go from a guy last year who was, you know, fighting to have his ERA below five to a guy that we know can have like a, an ERA in the threes. And if that's where he's at and he's back to like that top 30 starter in baseball form, he can make a huge impact on the Rockies, uh, you know, and, and have them win like 75% of his starts. That's a lot of games. You know, if he starts 30 games this year, you're looking at them winning like 23, 22, 23 of those games. That would be a a really big boost to to the Rockies and you know, it's not out of the question if he's if he's pitching like Herman of old. So really really stoked about that.
0: I think there's a lot that lies on Marquez's and Freeland's shoulders for this to be yeah. a 70 plus win team. They need to at least get 15 20 wins I think or at least keep the team in close enough games where they can do that. Uh, a lot of rides on theirs, especially when you look at three, four, five. Like Feltner's got it, but still figuring it out. Urena's Urena, So every other one's gonna be good and bad. And then <laughs> Gomber, same kind of deal. So and the pitching depth, it's not deep. So we do have to worry about that, and we'll probably get into that later. Um, my big takeaway was the Monty bomb. Like it was fun to see that. Waking up to that, I did not make it. East time, Eastern time zone sucks. Um, like he struggled. He had three strikeouts, I think, yeah. in his first three appearances. It wasn't looking good. Then I woke up to a Monty Bomb and was like, all right, this is sweet. So he has a 400 average with three strikeouts. So he went two for five with the <laughs> dong. And I don't know if I don't know if we're okay with that. I don't it is what it is. But if he can rake, I know his defense was a little sus. Here's a few, what was I think it was the fourth or fifth inning. I was listening to it trying to fall asleep, where there's two balls hit his way, and it both sounded like he could have got them if he was just a little bit quicker off the read just a slightly slightly quicker read on it he could have had him, but missed him. so I think that's something we're gonna I'm gonna kind of watch as we go forward like the Monty defense is been sus it's been a concern he made good strides but like what kind of strides does he make through the season as we go forward like kind of taking hits away rather than doing the routines so I was really stoked about Montero and uh hitting Harold yo he went one for five so he, he, <laughs> yeah. he is going he, is he going. had a
1: I will say because uh, you know we are we are fans of hitting Harold here. It, he it, it was I mean it's one game but it, it looked rough.
0: There were a <laughs> lot of
1: plate appearances where he did not look comfortable or get off a comfortable swing. No, and you know I, I, it's sad because he he but he's on a short leash. Like guys like that are not you know gonna be fed playing time if he plays like that throughout the week. Once Jerks and Profar is back, I mean Harold Castro is in a is in a pickle. So. I would love to see him just hit and and you know be a guy who can be that solid lefty bat off the bench to just you know you toss into a into a lineup at second base or uh you know left field and he can pick up a, a hit or two. Yeah. He did get his hit, but <laughs> uh, you know, at what cost? <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, I, was, I was thinking maybe we could get, you know, Alan Trail's been playing the outfield a little bit. Let's let's get him in left field. Uh, but definitely want to give Harold a little bit of, of time give that. Not just yeah. not the most encouraging first game uh, for the, for a guy who's supposed to just be a good hitter. He didn't look yep. like a great hitter.
0: So yeah, we'll see. Yeah. And he's only out there because the $7 million man is not with the team. <laughs> I put it out there. Is there a weirder story that's going to happen to the Rockies <laughs> than the jerks and far story. And before I let you go, I did do some research. I, I typed in Twitter jerks and I typed in profile visa problems and he had the same problem in 2021 where he wasn't with the team at the beginning of the year because of visa problems or whatever. So I don't know if the Rockies should have done some research on that or if they're not too concerned about it, but I, I think if you're paying $7 million for somebody to pay play as much of 162 as you possibly can, I think they should be there for game one. And if you're not like something should be changed. I don't know, but that is just wild. He is in the states. He is. He took what twelve, I think, twelve or thirteen at bats in the minor league game as extended spring training the other day. Um, But he's just not in San Diego. Um, it's weird, right?
1: I. I mean, yeah. I think, I think I remember seeing that some guys with the Rockies had, you know, to deal with visa stuff. I imagine a lot of players have to deal with visa stuff year to year. But to sign a guy late in spring training. Who played in the World Baseball Classic, but can't make it to opening day. It just, it's kind of weird. Like the timing doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Like, why would you not sign him earlier and be like, hey, we need that visa set up so that you can be here on March 30th? But at the end of the day, too, he did play in the World Baseball Classic, which kind of, you know, threw a wrench into things a little bit. Maybe he didn't have time to to really do the visa stuff, but, you know, he, he's a guy I want to see out there because last year he was a really good hitter. Like he was walking a ton and making a good amount of contact, hit, I you know, double digit homers. So he's he's a, like an underrated guy in that lineup. I mean, he could easily finish the season with like the second or third best WRC plus or, you know, OPS yep. on the team. Like he's very capable of that because he's going to get on base consistently, and you know you'll get last year's Rockies team. They didn't have a single guy who played most of the season. Actually, I think CJ Crone might have had hundred WRC plus on the dot, which is basically like league average. They had hit, they, it was Crone and nobody else. So I think Profar, uh, you know he was like one fifteen last year. He could definitely be one of the top hitters on the team. Uh, so let's let's get this this show on the road. Uh, yeah. hopefully he's able to play. I think they go to LA next for two games, so hopefully he's able to meet them in in Los Angeles. Uh, I'd rather he take his time at this point than rush back because uh, I think what we've learned over these past couple years with COVID, with the lockout season, Chris Bryant, you know what he what happened with him last season. Having just like a good buildup is really really important. So yep. I. I want Profar to take his time above all else, but I need him in the lineup <laughs> as soon yeah. as possible.
0: Yeah, if we're paying that, then he definitely needs to be there. So hopefully we keep keeping something about that. Um, and then some other big league club news uh, before we get to the isotopes and goats and kind of stuff. Uh, Daniel Bart, officially on the IL with anxiety. Um, pretty and crazy. I didn't think too much of it when the WBC hit Altuve. And just didn't look right. I just I chalked it up to just wasn't ready, spring training, that kind of stuff, but it's been about two weeks, I think, three weeks since that moment, and he still just doesn't feel right. so he's taking himself out, going, um talking to some people, and he's officially handling his business when it comes to anxiety. I just think of this as huge, like two years ago we would not have seen any player doing this let alone five, 10 years ago. So the fact that he's taking time out, mental health is super important. Like I see it constantly in my daytime job. And so like seeing adults take ownership with that and knowing like where their priorities kind of lie, it's, it's kind of refreshing. I kind of like it. Um, It's just, it kind of sucks. Like, right. It was like the day of opening day, but at the same time you got to do it when you got to do it, when you feel like you have to do it. So Matt, props to the courage that Daniel Bard showed right there. I mean, yeah,
1: because a lot of people, you know, don't do not understand that kind of situation. And I, I saw a few tweets. You know, got a couple of texts from from friends that are like, "Wait, what? What is he doing?" Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I, I just kind of acted like I didn't see him because this is a guy who who he he was out of baseball for like seven years, yeah, because of these exact issues. So. For him, it's very serious. We've seen a lot of guys deal with this stuff. It's not like it's a Daniel Bard problem. Like pitching, especially is just so hard with all the mechanical, basically the mechanical perfections that you need mm-hmm. um, just to be, you know there, let alone succeed. There's so much that goes into pitching. I mean, there's a lot that goes into hitting, too, but pitching, I think, is even more uh, tedious because of you know the the body motions uh, and how precise you have to be. So it it just, you know, there's a, there's a lot in my mind. It's like almost too trafficked to know exactly what to say. It's just really unfortunate because he's at an age where, you know, there's, there's not so much leeway. And I don't mean that in like the Rockies can't wait around for him. I mean, you know, you are at this age where things might not pick back up. Right. And that's just what I'm most scared for. And I'm not scared. For the Rockies' sake, I'm scared, you know, for his sake. I'd love to see him play baseball for another year or two because he saved himself, again, those seven years. His arm has bullets left, we've seen that. I mean, the guy is 38, hitting 100 with with ease. So he has that a, a younger arm than his age, but, you know, at the end of the day, just the clock is always running. And if he's not able to come back this year, I, I, you just – I don't know what, what happens next. Uh, just hoping for the best with him. You know, this is serious stuff. So, right. And it always, for his sake, it's not for the, not for the team. You know, he can, he can stay away as long as as he needs to just, I want him to be able to pitch again, regardless of who or where it's, you know, where it's at.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's what we're putting out there. He's a person first, very courageous person, and that anxiety stuff on the field definitely trickles outside of the off on field stuff. And he has a family, he has two young kids that he has to take care of for be that husband for his wife. Like he's got a lot of other stuff that he comes with it. And I just, I'm just very, I'm very proud of him and taking the courage to do that. Like just knowing how much that takes to take that leap. So not sure when he'll be back i mean this thing it could be back in a week it could be back in a month sometimes sometimes it just takes a little bit longer uh, for people to go through it i mean if we're going to take any good vibes out of this he's gone through this before he kind of knows what to do to get out of it and so and he has the right people to reach out for so like hopefully we see him back on the mound doing the light show at coors real real soon um but until then i gotta assume justin lawrence is the closer until he's back right uh, I, mean,
1: I I mean I think door? so. Like we didn't we didn't get to talk about this with the the opening day win. I mean he struck out Manny Machado, Xander Bogarts, and Jake Cronenworth. Yeah. You know just the, and it, they struck out the side those three. That is something that I think very few pitchers could do. Very few pitchers you know would do. I, I think if those three are due up in an inning, that might be the only time it ever happens in a season that those three all Seriously. strike out yeah so insane stuff it it, for him the big thing is he needs to locate a few pitches every at bat you know his stuff even when he doesn't locate is gonna is gonna get him some some wins he was locating last year. every pitch was competitive um that was huge you know he's realized he doesn't need to chug 100 he's he's throwing 96 with the sinker and then like you know mid high 80s with the slider and it could be dominant so I I think he's probably going to get most of those, those ninth inning opportunities, but at the same time they have Denelson, Lamette Pierce Johnson. I think they're probably, there's probably going to be like three or four guys who have a save by the end of the season, but Justin Lawrence might be climbing that ladder really, really fast.
0: Yeah. You gotta, you gotta assume that he's going to be the first to 10 double digit, uh, saves. Yeah. Put that out there just for fun. Yeah. Like you just said, his, um, his sinker was averaging 90, 96 last night, 95 last night, and his slider was going 85 last night, according to baseball So not the 101 that we saw at his debut a few years ago. So Justin Lawrence is learning to pitch and his stuff his like stuff has like later movement now. It seems to be better developed. Like watching that fast that sinker thing, like it had that late movement, which it seems a lot flatter when I last year. So Definitely developing that pitch as we go forward, um, and then some big news. I guess this is kind of an inch, easy way into our road to Blake Street part of this. Um, Connor Siebold over Gavin Hollowell, and I think it was Trejo over Tolia. Those were the final two spots. And Ty Block is on on the the twenty six man roster. How do we feel? Let's just do the Connor versus Hollowell, Tolia versus Trejo. Um, let's start with the pitchers first.
1: I mean. I think Seabold probably should be on the roster with his his ability to start. There's versatility there. Uh, he could start if a starter this opening week gets kind of roughed up early. He can give you two or three innings. I mean, I, he's not stretched out to go, like, six, but he could give you three innings, and that's something that – I mean, maybe Ty Block could do that, but otherwise, right. like, they don't have that, that guy to do that, so – his role is kind of unique to him, and and that's something that I, I, I think everyone values a little bit. Even though I think Hollowell has what it takes to be, you know, just like just like Justin Lawrence, like he could be a lot yeah. like him in terms of the the quality of stuff, you know, the imposing frame on the mound, you know. And my thing is, I I I was like one of the first Jake Bird supporters, um, and and you know, big Jake Bird supporter, but that. He was brought up before Hollowell was just I mean, it didn't really make sense. They sent Jake Bird down first. Yeah. They said, okay, Jake, you're not making the the opening day roster, um, at least as things stand. And Gavin Hollowell, he made it a couple more days, maybe another week, and then he was sent down, which to me that should have indicated Hollowell's the next guy up. And he's much he's kind of similar to Daniel Bard in terms of the quality of stuff. Um, you know, big fastball, big slider. I mean, a lot of relievers are like that. But Hollowell, you know, I think that there's a more direct replacement to Daniel Bard. But at the same time, Jake Bird, he's he's been there. He's done it for like most of the season. He wasn't great last year, but he's he's a safe guy. I mean, he yeah. he closed down the ninth yesterday. Did did a pretty good job with that. But it seemed like Gavin Hollowell would get the call, and we need to see him up. He yeah. has arguably the most upside in the entire pen. Like, that's not even an exaggeration. Like, his stuff rivals Justin Lawrence. And I think he has a better history of throwing strikes. So, really want to see Hollowell up. But I think Seabold really deserved it. Just to start there with those two.
0: Yeah, yeah. I would have to agree. Seabold definitely earned his spot this spring. So, it's... And then there's the roster construction, right? Like, you don't quite know what you have in Gomber as a starter like he, he, you have to assume he's the fourth starter fifth starter um going in so like siebold to your point gives that option if they need it um so yeah just it sucks because for me it goes back to we're gonna play the kids this is the year the kids we're getting that vibe in the offseason the whole offseason then you sign these late guys profar moose um and then for whatever there's another one i can't think of but like probably hidden herald but like and then the kids aren't playing but the kids also didn't give any reason to play like there's a reason yeah. tolia there's the reason tolia didn't make the squad and trejo did like and i would assume i would i would say that trejo was a kid too like he's a Rockies kid like he didn't get a full season last year um but it's just kind of disheartening <laughs> a little bit like probably just because i'm so close like we've been covering these guys for two years now and like we've seen gavin hollowell do his thing and make his way up and then the new guy Sebold who earned it takes away from hollowell but like why aren't you give him the shot to hollowell like why aren't you letting tolia run rome left field why do you have to have profar to be out there so i don't know i just I'm i'm a little salty towards the fo in that regard, like this was supposed to be the year the kids to figure out what we have for 24 when we start actually competing, but doesn't seem like they think the kids are ready. So then here we go again. Are the Rockies just going to postpone all these debuts and see what they have? And then it's too late to see what they have. And I don't know. I'm worried that we're going back around to the, the circle again. It makes me a little nervous with these these picks. So so to speak for the 26. Twenty-six man.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that they're especially with Bud Black still still in the fold. Yeah, they're always trying to be the best team they can be today, and all of us are going to have some some tension with that because yeah, you want to see Hollowell on the roster. I wanted to see Toley on the roster. He really turned things around at the end of spring. I mean, he hit like two two homers in one of the last games.
0: <laughs> yeah, like uh, I think he went six for six once he. Once he learned that he was going to get called down, I think he just got a hit in every single at-bat. He's kind of pissed. Rightfully <laughs> yeah. so. I think, totally I think he
1: did earn it, and especially with – I mean, I guess Profar, he's on the active roster right now. So I guess right. Profar yeah. meant Tolia probably not making the roster. And I, I guess what Trejo making it over Tolia really means is that Harold Castro is not playing shortstop this year. Right. I think Trejo Thank made God. the roster because you need – a real backup shortstop and Harold Castro, I mean, in a pinch. Yeah. He, he should be, you know, that third shortstop kind of guy uh, that if, if you have, you know, some crazy things happen, boom, he's, he's playing shortstop, but it, it kind of had to be on the roster because you don't have that second shortstop and yeah, yeah should not be Harold. Uh, but Tolia, I would have liked, like he should have been starting in left field last night over, over Harold Castro. Uh, even though again, we are big Herald fans, Mike <laughs> we're Tolia, definitely,
0: we're definitely big togs, bigger togs fans,
1: yeah. And I mean, <laughs> Tolia is definitely, I mean, unless, unless somehow they decide to trade him, which I think would be ridiculous at this point. Bill Schmidt, you know, loves his draft picks. yes, especially his first round guys. These are like his, I mean, this is his legacy on the line, literally. So he's not going to trade Mike Tolia, he's going to be on the roster for like the next five years, uh, unless he turns into like Kyle Parker, which I think we've already seen enough to say Mike Tolia is not Kyle Parker. Right. So, you know, he showed last year maybe wasn't quite ready for the push to the big leagues last year, but again, crushed it at the end of spring training, uh, you know, offers as much power as anyone on the team, Uh, good plate discipline. Like I would have loved to see that bat in the lineup yesterday, uh, I would imagine it's not long before we do see him on the roster though. Probably the first guy up um if there's any performance issues with with say Harold Castro or um, you know Monty god god forbid that uh, <laughs> Monty is is not on the roster long term. But he's Toggs is the next guy up. So not too much to worry about but
0: you know he should be up there. Right. It's gotta the strikeouts have gotta be the big reason twenty four strikeouts and seventy five at bats, but his ops yeah. was nine forty one like we know who Tolio totally is. He's one of the three results, right? So like you get you get the power, but you get the strikeouts but so we'll see him. We'll definitely see him. Uh, yeah, Castro is kind of the the block in the drain right now to just opening up the floodgates for all the kids to come in. I kind of feel like once he struggles, hopefully they don't give him a leash at all. And he's either gone by the time may hits because his April was terrible or he's good enough where we're trading him in may June to, for something, something, something back. Um, but yeah, it just, the kids are not here just yet. I mean, we got Toby, but that's about it. Um, and then the, some kids are leaving some, um, I think I want to dive into this. I, didn't in my little blog the other day. But first we'll talk about Zyke. Um TJ Zyke is gone. He went to the Phillies for a player to be named later. Not a big move. Zyke came on a minor league deal. Phillies hit, had some injuries hit late spring training, so they needed some arm arm um what depth. And so Zyke is over there. I'm not sure who how that whole player to be named later works, but we should see something or cash soon in that. But the big one. The one that we can dive into. Um, Tony Losey is gone. He has been traded one of the five in the Nolan trade. I hate bringing up the Nolan trade. It's been two years. So we, we should be past it by now. But like you still have to kind of look at how these guys. We got Monty. We got Ga- Gomber. And Losey was kind of the next in line. Because with Gil being picked up in the MLB Rule 5. And um, Somers is still in the minors with us. But Tony Losey is gone two time player of the week last year was terrible in hartford though uh just never found his command uh just what does this mean he was traded to the rays sorry traded to the rays for a player to me named later but like what does this kind of mean in the grand scheme of things i know you have your cool right. thoughts
1: i mean i i'm kind of confused well the fact that they just didn't get an immediate return is kind of weird that means it was more of a a throwaway i mean sometimes we see player to be named laters as like significant pieces like i remember we saw in the chris archer trade it was tyler glass now austin meadows and a player to be named later and everyone's like oh that's no big deal and it turns out to be shane baz who like going into last year was maybe the top prospect in all of baseball so sometimes you know player to be named later it could be like you know, you you have three names on the list, and by the end, the team that, tra- that you know, traded a player away gets to just take a pick, Uh, you know, depending on some contingencies and stuff, like the the player that was traded, their performance, and, and things like that. But the fact that a guy like Tony Losey, we're talking about Tony Losey and not an MLB starter, the fact that he's traded for a player to be named later or cash means you know I, I don't really know what to make of that like are there actually a, is there a list of players that the rockies could get or are they just going to opt for for like you know to cover a couple salaries this year mm-hmm. um you know i'm not sure i'm kind of frustrated Losey didn't get more of a shot as a pen guy i was i was a little confused why he was being forced as a starter like he only started in Hartford if i'm not mistaken and his stuff just screams reliever and he never got that shot and He's probably he probably would have been, I mean, he probably is right now close to the big leagues if you put him in the pen with a big fastball, big breaking ball. And we saw him last year really dominant at times, uh, with with those two pitches really being the the leaders um you know of his success. So we'll we'll see. The book is totally open on this because maybe they do get like an actual prospect, like a, you know, maybe a top 30, top 40 guy, but kind of just seems like they're gonna get. Of a throw, this is kind of just a throwaway. And, you know, with it being the Nolan trade, we won't get, you know, into this really, but he was the the third most valuable piece in that trade. And he didn't really get much of a shot. Like, how are you gonna make that trade and and really depend on getting whatever value you can out of it and then not stick with a guy who has a ton of potential. Um, you know, definitely had his issues, huge issues, but a lot of potential still and yeah, yeah, just kind of weird. Unless the Rays really loved him and were like, "Hey, we want that guy and we'll offer
0: you, you know, again, a legitimate prospect." But that is to be seen. Yeah, that's that's the thing there. I don't I don't know if I speak as highly about Losey's performances as you are. Um I just think I think the Rockies saw that walk rate. I think 28 walks to 29 strikeouts and it just being super erratic at Hartford Um, in Hartford, he had five ten 10 games in August and September. He started four of those. So six of his appearance were relief, um, appearances. Um, so like real quick, his last four starts or last four appearances, one inning, two runs. Um, Oh, I didn't do that. Two strikeouts, three innings, five runs, um, five strikeouts, two walks, 1.1, four runs, three runs, four walks. So, like just super erratic, and then he ended the year on a good one inning, zero run, zero anything, outing. But just like you never knew what you were getting. And like watching him, I remember watching him. I saw one of his Spokane starts where he won the national the the player of the week. Dude Man had like seven walks that year, that day. <laughs> and so, yeah. something like crazy, but he had like 12 strikeouts. He was that effectively wild piece. Like he was just so erratic and I just think if you're at that double A, there should be some kind of consistency in that control. And it just seems super high walk rates that just seem too scary. And that wasn't this regiment's trade, right? That wasn't a Bill Schmidt trade. This isn't Smith, Bill sure. Schmidt's guy. So, all right, let's see what we have. And he's not it. So let's get rid of him and see if I can get one of the guys from the Rays that I've been scouting for a little bit and see what we can get out of that. I think there's a little bit of that, too, because we know Billy. If it's one thing. He's loyal. He's done his scouting, and he's going to do his best to get those people around back in his system. So I think there's a little bit of that, too. Um, that's all just hypothesis. like. But I just don't know if the Rockies saw Tony Losey being that next wave, right? You got, you got Rock. You got Case. You got Hill. Vargas. Juarez, where does Tony Losey fit into that? Um, reliever maybe, but you got, you got Mike Calvo, you got Hollowell, you got Darnell Taggart, um, McKilligan, if he can repeat what he did last year, you have some armbar and pieces that you don't necessarily need Tony for. So I think it was kind of, we're not going to wait to see what we have. Let's just cut bait now piece and let's move on from the Nolan thing. Um, but I always appreciate your perspective on these things. And it's always nice to have two different sides to this. Yeah. Yeah. But it's the Rays, So we can expect Tony to be an (laughs) all-star real soon. And hopefully we get the next Wander Franco. Remember we did get Corey Dickerson and uh, Herman Marquez from the Rays A few, few years back. So maybe we get one of those back in here. Um, But that was, that's a big one. Um, And you brought it to my attention. We'll just bring it back up. On the pod with Patrick and K-Dub about a month ago, we talked about how many trades would the Rockies make. Uh, We put it at one and a half, but that was in season. It was one and a half in season trades, So these two trades will not count to that total. Um, So hopefully a few other (laughs) names are being shipped off to kind of just start that rebuild. Um, All right, let's end this. So Isotopes are playing tonight. You will be listening to this after they complete their weekend series. Um, nah, should I? No, I'm just gonna release it tonight. We'll just release it. We're, we're gonna release yeah. this on a Friday night. Let's do this tonight. So, the isotopes, as you are watching the isotopes, you could be listening to this right now. Uh, so that's kind of cool. Um, we kind of know what the roster is, we kind of don't. MILB.com is a little bit behind the times. I have definitely confirmed a few players that are not on that website. Uh, friends of the pod. But let's go rotation. Um, arm barns. You kind of talked about Hallowell being the next guy up, but like who else could we possibly see? Um, and going from there. So arm and rotation. Not sure who gets the start tonight. I'm hoping it's Carl or Noah. Uh, just being biased, but I could see Peter Lambert getting that number one start tonight. Um, but the rotation. Carl, Carl and Noah Davis, Peter Lambert, Josh Rogers. Can't remember his first yeah. name. Yeah. And then maybe Hecularious Olivares, uh, who's coming back from TJ being out all season. Not sure where he's there. also don't know where Chris McMahon's going. I would imagine he would be a double-A, triple-A guy. Uh, Nick Bush could be possibly here. I don't see his name on that list, though. Um, so imagine he's at double-A. But at least four for sure. Uh, what do we take from this this rotation, and how does that possibly help the Rockies in 2023?
1: Well, I think we get, I, I think there has to be. We were talking about this before we started recording. It's tough to know, yeah, what's finalized here and what's not. I, I would think there's got to be another starter in the mix because MILB yeah. plays six games straight and then an off day on Sunday. So, more often than not, you see teams have a six man rotation. And, you know, like you just recap, they've got four guys who are like, yeah, those are the starters. And then you've got Olivares who, probably not. i i just have a hard time seeing that he would just jump the triple a to start he didn't even make it, it starts in double like he hasn't played in double a yet Yeah. so that seems really ambitious there's not a fifth guy who stands out as a as a starter i mean there's former starters here but i don't think that guys are going to go from the bullpen to the triple a rotation that just doesn't work out so there's got to be someone else in the mix you know we i would i would help for nick bush i think he he more than earned that last year. He was really, really good yes, and really, was. really consistent. So ball is well with him. He should be in AAA, but we'll see. I mean this this roster absolutely will be final. Like we'll know what the roster is later. But as as you were alluding to, you know, Shunk, and I think you I think it was Stovall also. Yep. They're in AAA, but they're not on the MiLB website. So there's definitely some updates to be made. Uh, but i mean the pitching staff as a whole i'm i like a, a fair amount of the the pieces here you know the the four or the first three starters at least carl noah and lambert that's that's a solid trio for a triple a rotation josh rogers has mlb experience so having him around is is definitely not bad and there's almost too many guys in the bullpen i would almost think that some some one of these guys goes down to double a so that he can get more opportunities you know, there's Phillips Valdez, Riley Pint, who's probably not quite healthy yet. Uh, we've got PJ Poolin, Nick Mears, Eli Lingos, and Nicuzia, Who those two were the the Rule Five minor league the minor league Rule Five draft picks. Both, you know, have have some some talent. Uh, I would think one of them could be a candidate to go to Double A. Uh, you've got Matt Coke, Gavin Hollowell, Matt Caracetti, Blair Calva, Logan Allen, Fernando Abad. Nick Kennedy and Reagan Todd. I don't. I don't think I missed any of these guys. Um, oh, Tommy Doyle's on the roster as well, and, and Will Gaddis. Those are two former top picks for the Rockies, or high picks, I should say. Uh, there's a lot of talent in the bullpen. That's kind of reassuring that at some point in the year, there's going to be a need in the pen. A guy or two is going to get injured at the MLB level, and you're going to have a, a, like a dozen guys pretty much who are going to be competing against each other all season. And the the guy at the top is gonna be worthy of a of a shot in 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 the big league pen. So that could be Phillips Valdez, who's you know looked somewhat close to making the team. Nick Mears is on the forty man roster. He's got great stuff. Of course, Hallwell. He's he's probably is the first guy up. But you know, I just and going back to Hallwell a little bit. I don't love him being in the Triple A gauntlet. It almost seems like a way for him to be set back. Like if yeah. he has a a slightly rough start to the season then boom, we're not going to see him for for over a month in the big leagues regardless. Like I'll, like guys like Nick Mears are going to maybe leap from him. Uh, but then you've also got the, you know, the Logan Allen and the Fernando Abad who both were pretty close to making the big league roster, but Ty Block just, you know, really, really held things together this this spring. Just a ton of talent though at the A level with the, with the pitching staff. And for me being from Albuquerque going to to a good handful of those games the last few years, it's too often that there's a guy coming out of the pen where you're kind of like,
0: yeah, this guy
1: probably shouldn't be here. And yeah. this year, just looking at what's what they've got, I don't see that. I see a lot of legitimate guys, potentially big leaguers, either this year or definitely in the next two years. So the Rockies, I, you know, this doesn't get enough talk. Just building on that point, they've actually created some depth, especially in the bullpen. Yeah, The rotation, I'm not, you know, stoked. And I know we we love Carl and Noah. I'm not stoked on the idea of them having to be, you know, big-time pieces this year. Like, if there was an injury in the rotation, definitely, the, the, you know, with Peter Lambert, I would not, you know, be high on him being in the rotation. But the bullpen, like, I mean, there's, again, like 10-plus guys who could step into a big-league bullpen and probably get good innings. So yeah. the Rockies yeah. did a really good job getting some pieces, and and covering their asses
0: yeah it finally feels like the topes aren't just a hodgepodge of players it finally yeah. feels like a team that's ready to contribute to the big league club looking at all these guys so it's gonna be good fifth starter logan allen logan allen started six games for the isotopes last year all six games possibly
1: it, it is possible that is, that is that's a possibility i feel like he's he's kind of stuck into that reliever role since that's all he was doing this spring but I could right. see him starting and building up, pitch pitch three innings and then maybe pitch four the next start and so on. Uh, so that's that's an interesting possibility.
0: Yeah. So like last year, he had zero games started for his previous affiliate. I can't remember who he played for. He had twenty one games, zero starts. He had six games for the Rockies, the Isotopes, and started all six. So just something to watch for the Connor Siebel tie block type mold there. Um, the go across the infield. Um, so Willie McIver starting the year on the IL, which sucks because he's like third in line as the catcher. He'll be out six, eight weeks with the shoulder thing. Um, so the Rockies went and signed Grayson Griner, uh, six foot uh, six guy out of the Tigers. He was with the Tigers for a long time. MLB experience. He feels like a fill in. Hopefully Willie Mack is healthy enough to come in if servant or Diaz comes down. So he's next in line, but that we all know the shoulder injuries. We, know how long that takes to come back so that's your catchers got jonathan morales serviceable he might make it he might not he's just kind of there um the infielders coco montez he is definitely one i'm going to be watching as one of the next position players up that's not on the 40-man roster uh connor kaiser uh, he's here but sure much don't know much about him um, but those are the two listed on the isotopes roster. And like Tyler said earlier, I know for sure Aaron Schunk and Hunter Stovall are there. Uh, Cole Tucker should be probably listed in the infield. He's listed as the outfielder here. Michael Tolia can play first, but he's listed as an outfielder. Nolan Jones can play third, but he's listed as an outfielder. So maybe that's why there's no infielders on this list. And Brett Boswell, he's on the, the yeah. squad again. He can play everywhere. So I think you're go around the diamond. Who's play. We don't know the roster yet. We don't know the roster. Who's first, second, third shortstop tonight. Um,
1: I mean, I think you got to get Tolia at first base. Agreed. Um, you know, you're going to have Jones playing one of the outfield corners. So yeah. Tolia totally at first base, second base, I'll go. I mean, this is tough because you have some options, but I'll go Coco at second. Although you know, maybe he's more of a third baseman if he's not playing short. So it'll be Shunk or Coco at second. <laughs> Con- or Shunk or Coco at third base. You know, that'll play out. And then I, th- I think Connor Kaiser is going to play short. I, like, you think about Kyle Holder, who was with the Topes last season. yeah, Basically, there is a shortstop defender. That's what Connor Kaiser is uh, pretty much as well. Not a, not a big-time hitter, but a guy who's just going to play a really good shortstop. So I could see him being that starting shortstop. You know, there's a chance that Coco's on short and, and you've got either Stovel or Shunk at, at second, but tonight at least I'll I'll take the gamble that it's Connor Kaiser at nice. short and uh you know Coco Schunk taking the other two infield spots.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna confirm Shunk is third base. I'm gonna confirm Coco's second base. Okay. Cole Cole Tucker's the shortstop tonight.
1: Okay, that's I that is definitely possible. I and so, yeah, with with Brenton probably playing center, that yeah. that, that could make sense.
0: Cuz yeah, you go I'm going Nolan and then in the outfield, Nolan Jones in right, Brenton Doyle in center, and Jimmy Neutron Heron going to left, starting in to left tonight.
1: That yeah, I think that's that's a possibility. Um Cole Tucker, yeah, uh, kind of a kind of a guy you forget can play short. I'm I'm if I'm making the prediction a prediction I'm gonna go Cole Tucker in left instead of Jimmy Heron okay um and stick with stick with my infield there
0: might have to put that on the Twitter as soon as we're done here just to see who who is correct here. yeah all, all the glory <laughs> is on the line. who starts tonight who do you, who's your prediction to start in uh
1: I'll, I'll I think you might have mentioned this earlier unless I'm just you know. Creating memories. Uh, Peter Lambert. I, I feel like we'll get that nod.
0: You're thinking, yeah. Uh,
1: just the experience that he has. Uh, I, I think he kind of made a, a push for the big league roster. I don't think, I think he so really too. was too close, but he was in the running. So he seems like the most logical guy. But Carl seems like second in line, just with with a solid spring that he put together. So I'll go Lambert, but I think Carl's one B.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. I think – and Carl pitched just recently. He was like one of the last two or three games of the spring training too. And he went five deep. I don't know when that was. So, So I would – yeah, I think Peter's starting tonight too. So, we'll put that on our personal Twitter and retweet that with the BSV account. Just something to follow here because the Isotopes play tonight – at eight o'clock Eastern. So not sure how this works with the new MLB TV. Is supposedly you'll just be able to click a button, it should drop down, you can watch it. Um, so I'm very interested to see how that works. Uh got to figure out how to get that on the big screen. Um, so hopefully I can figure that out. Um, let's postpone the Yard Goats conversation to next week when we know more about it. I'm really stoked yeah. for that team. Like there are some studs that are gonna be on that team that they're definitely gonna get my attention again. Um but let's do our breakouts. So last year we did it. I can't remember who I picked, but I know I was right. Um, I
1: know one of them, one of them was Sean Bouchard last year.
0: Bouchard was, yeah, that is right. Bouchard was one of them. I don't know. And I, yeah. I don't remember mine. I don't remember mine.
1: I only remember Bouchard because that one turned out very well for
0: you. So um, if Mike is listening, Mike, when you're listening to this, write this down, put this in a, a graphic for the TikTok or the Instagram or something. We need, need you to keep us uh, accountable here. If, we and then i can probably i know i don't know no no it's out there somewhere we'll <laughs> it's somewhere out there if somebody if we found of a listener of the pod is able to go out there all right you get yours you go go with your pitcher first and then hit her uh cause all i right. have to think about my breakout
1: i'm thinking I, I mean i don't think he broke out last year he had a good year but mccade brown pitcher fresno last season Really good strikeout and walk numbers. He he has really good stuff. Uh, I just think he's going to go to Spokane where pitchers thrive a lot more. And with his frame, with his deep arsenal, I think he's going to put up some, some kind of silly numbers. I'm thinking like, you know, 2-5 ERA roughly. Um, tons of strikeouts, limit the walks. I think he'll have a really, really good year and kind of, kind of get himself into that top 100 discussion not quite going to be top 100 but i think he will get some consideration and be a top 10 rockies prospect by the end of this season McKay brown slinging yeah he's gonna have crazy strikeout numbers up there like it's gonna be nuts i mean we saw (laughs) last year with like zach veen was one of the top hitters in spokane and his ops was like 800 yeah so it's rough up there yeah you don't guys are not hitting <laughs> so i think mccade brown it just that's going to be best pitching numbers in the system
0: yeah uh, tons of fun yeah and and we are trying to stay away from jaden hill and like far yeah and like some of those big big names so just don't yell at us penguin uh for not picking those guys <laughs> we are definitely high <laughs> on those guys um penguin's been on one recently but
1: I see no there's a lot of there's a lot out there penguin just has a a really sharp nose. And I don't know if that's the right way to put it but just always always getting at stuff. And, you know sometimes I'm like hey penguin like shout out to penguin and then sometimes I'm like oh my gosh penguin just you know
0: just scared to goes. stir stir it up. <laughs> I don't know man. He is, he is a character. Uh definitely know he's not listening <laughs> but um <laughs> So my pick, I don't know, after I said what I just said, I think this still falls into the breakout prospect possible is Case Williams. Yes, my bias is showing, but I really think the Rockies like him getting that nod to be in the big league camp for a little bit, uh, getting that last outing in Hartford. I mean, we talked about it with Patrick and K-Dub, like he is part of that next wave of starting pitchers coming up like he's there. Just him going from Fresno to Spokane to Hartford last year, getting kind of that that push forward. You don't see that a lot from the Rockies. They did a lot last year, more than recently. I just think he has the stuff to be that guy. Hearing a lot of w- words, a lot of talk about he's a more of an arm bar an arm than a starter, which kind of sucks to hear because I think he has the mentality, the mental fortitude to be a starter. Um. Going forward, so however he whatever he needs to do to make sure that happens for himself would be fantastic. Um, but I think he's going to struggle in Hartford. Like he'll hit he'll hit his groove in July, August and really start figuring it out, like what it means to be a six inning pitch pitcher going through what that north northeast league is all about which is like the opposite of spokane like that is the gauntlet up there too in a different way so my breakout is case williams um definitely going to be following him closely there
1: yeah i mean his his potential for growth at this point year to year is so big because
0: he's coming from a
1: a smaller i mean i can't say smaller like colorado high school because you know baseball in colorado is not You know, huge. A lot of a lot of schools are you know pretty big by the standards of Colorado. But pitched in a high school in Colorado and then jumps to the to the pros, traded right away, traded again right away. So it's like he just didn't get a really good opportunity to do what he can do. Uh, kind of stunted his development a little bit, I think. And then last year we saw him put things together. Like he was just wow. Yeah, so I think that's that's a really good pick. I, I think he classifies as the potential breakout still, even though even though I think he's he's a bit ahead of the pack uh, with some of those some of those minor league arms. It's
0: a good it's a good pick there.
1: Thanks.
0: Yeah, hopefully, hopefully
1: he is your Sean Bouchard this
0: year, right? <laughs> I would love that The breakout case would be sweet. Who's your hitter?
1: This is this is definitely riding the line. I don't even know if this is the kind of guy who needs to really break out. Uh, but Jordan Beck, we've been banging this drum for for a while now. You know, we saw a really, really, really good debut from him. I think it kind of confirmed some some theories that I created. They were not, you know, I, I who knows how the Tennessee Volunteers lineup was working, but I think in that lineup with so much protection, he was hyper aggressive, and people were like, "Oh, Jordan Beck." you know, not the greatest play discipline, some swing and miss. I think that's because he had the the ability to do so. He had the ability to go out there and just try to crush everything um, and have guys pick him up. And he gets to the pros and he's walking more than he's striking out. We know he has 60 grade power. We know he has the speed to potentially play center field. A full season, like if he does what he did in Fresno for a full season, he's going to be one of the top Rockies prospects. Like there's, there's all the yeah. talents there. The question is: Is he a good enough hitter? And I mean, last year, if if last year's any indication, like he's going to get it done as a hitter. So I'm very intrigued to see what happens. The one thing is, he's kind of the inverse to McCabe Brown. If he starts in uh, Spokane, it's going to be slim pickings up there uh, in terms of you know power production and things mm-hmm. like that. But I'm still gonna I'm still gonna ride true with that. He has the you know the the floor to maybe hit double A at some point. So that's where maybe some things could turn around uh, if Spokane and, and the, what is the, the Pacific, is it the, the Northwest league? Yeah. N W L Northwest league. If the NWL is just suppressing the numbers so much, maybe he gets to the Northeast and, and falls out a little bit more.
0: Yeah. And I mean, to that point, Drew Romo's, look at Drew Romo's numbers. Look at Zach Bean's numbers. They weren't too solid last year at the Northwest league. They Julio Carreras might be the only anomaly where you have like 30 <laughs> yeah. doubles. Yeah. Um, But before he got the nod. uh, So I think I'm changing mine because I don't know if Yankee Ale Fernandez really, I think he broke out last year with his 100-plus RBIs, 20-plus DONGs. So I'm going to change that, and I think I'm going to – I don't know. I You tell me if Grant Levine can be a breakout star. Yeah. I I, I actually –
1: yeah, I actually considered including him because, you know, watching him in spring, I was like, hey – Like, I think there's another level to this guy.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, again, bias is showing Grant Levine, love that guy, family of pod. But I think he finds his power stroke. I think what he told us that he was working on in the off season, um, go back to December. I think we dropped that one little mini session. Just he's actually using the driveline data, the the data analytics piece to kind of figure out what a swing looks like. Um, he's a doubles machine. Home runs haven't quite been there. I think he gets like he's only hit ten plus home runs once in his four years. So I think this is the year that he, I'm thinking, fifteen plus home runs, twenty plus doubles. Still, he just finds that that power stroke this year. Um, let's go four fifty or higher slugging. Uh, in there with that high OBP that he is. He struggled at Hartford, a lot of strikeouts. Is very uncharacteristic of him, but he still walked at a pretty decent rate while he was doing that. And with some, some movements, with some changes to that swing, I think this is the year he finally breaks it out and kind of makes that next step forward to be in line, to push Tolia to, all right, you're an outfielder, a first baseman. I'm here. It's kind of that next wave there. So Grant Levine is my breakout breakout guy. Uh, when
1: I, you know, I think that, and this is, I, I don't want to throw this comp on him, but I think that there's like a a Joey Votto kind of skill set there. Like yeah, He's not going to like be that. Joey Votto, but I think Votto's the kind of guy who throughout his career could have mashed. Like if he wanted to, he could have consistently hit like 40 home runs. but instead he wanted to get on base at like a 430, 450 clip somewhere in that range. I think that Levine has a chance to be a Joey Votto light and, and that could be like a 400 OBP kind of guy. So that is just really an intriguing idea because for a first baseman, all you really want is a guy who in some way is just contributing a ton offensively. And if he's a guy who could get on base around a 400 rate, like you're looking at a, a solution. So, yeah. There's, I, there's I like a that. lot of excitement for me with him.
0: Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Joey Votto looking at now only hit, oh, three times has hit over 30 home runs three times, 29 twice. But his OBP 400, 412 career over 16 years. Um, OBP. So I like that comp. Nobody's mad if they have a Joey Votto at first base. You no. Know, <laughs> yeah. You kind of you want your first base to be that power guy, the chrome zone type player. But if you can get, on base at the 400 clip like you're going to take that wherever you can get it um and then the power at coors is going to happen he's going to have 25 plus at, doubles at coors and like we talked about it i think a few pods ago like coors it'll help your slugging it's not a home run park but it'll help your slug it's a slugging park you're going to hit your doubles you're going to hit your triples at coors and that's kind of where the runs are happening there not the not the dog so I like that. I like that uh, comparison. Can't say I really ever thought about that. Yeah, I mean like that
1: definitely definitely could sound crazy to to the non grant Levine supporters, but and and I'm not advocating for him to be a 400 OBP guy, you know, next year in, in the big leagues, but could see that down the road at some point. Like, yeah, he, he's a grinder at the plate.
0: Love that. I love that. All right, if you're listening right now, go ahead and um, share this. Go to the app, the po- the podcast platform you're doing. Share it, and then give us your uh. Your two breakouts. Who's your pitcher? Who's your uh, hitter? Could remember which position I said. Who are your breakout <laughs> guys for the year? And um, we'll keep track of that. No, we won't. Mike will. Yeah, we,
1: we, <laughs> no, we we will, if if someone really hits on one, you know, we will definitely remember that. You know, we'll, if someone has a Sean Bouchard pick. There we will, go. No, I remember Sean Bouchard. I don't remember my own pick. But I remember <laughs> that Aaron picked Sean Bouchard. So if there somebody makes something like that. You pick like Brian. I mean, Brian Betancourt is probably a popular pick for people. But yeah, you know, let me just some random. You, know, you, love you pick Robbie Martin, who was that outfielder drafted in the eighth round a couple years ago. Florida you stage. pick him, and he hits like thirty homers this year. Uh, you know, you'll become a BSB legend. You'll have some legend in in the
0: BSB lore.
1: Shoot, so, I will buy that can you, be well, your goal.
0: We will buy you a BSB shirt if you get it correct.
1: Like a a big time hit. We yes,
0: yeah. yeah, yeah. something's gonna happen.
1: You'll get present.
0: There you go. Another giveaway. Another giveaway season. It is giveaway season. If you hit on a prospect, BSB shirt. You just gotta gotta tell us. Gotta tweet it out. Tag us. Let the people know we're around. You know, we've had a pretty good month with our Twitter followers, but it's it's going up. Um that's that. Opening day number two, triple A is here. This will be released. I'm gonna release this tonight at 8.05 Eastern. So, yeah, listen to let's it before it. the game. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Um, let's go with that. Rockies are going 162 0. Crohn is hitting 300 home runs. Chris Bryant is here with a million um, hits. And Chuck, Chuck looks good at 36 after last night. And let's continue having fun with the Rockies. Baseball is fun. Don't you dare forget that. And we can be in misery together, but there's always light at the end of the tunnel. As always, go Rocks and the Minor League affiliates. Woo! Thank you for watching and listening. Please check out our link tree for more content.